This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as the CEO of Coolmarch, which does digital marketing and sales services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, is Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good afternoon, introduce our guests and our topic? Yeah, sure. Good afternoon. Uh, I think we uh, we scored big today. So uh, mm. here we go. We are so excited to be interviewing the two individuals who are so instrumental in and will play key roles in the integration and operation of the largest merger in the pest control industry, Renekill and Terminex. Brad Ponton, uh, Terminex's CEO, or, or Terminex's CEO, and John Myers, president and CEO of Renekill. And if I screwed that up, let me know. So uh, Brett joined Terminex in September mm-hmm. of 2020 from Monroe, Inc., where he served as president and CEO of the largest independent tire and auto service retail stores in the U.S. And John's been with rent to kill since 2008, building that powerhouse to over a billion and a half dollars in annual revenue over a pretty short time. And prior to joining rent to kill he had senior management positions at Cintas and was president and chief executive of BioQuest uh, LLC. And gentlemen, welcome. Well, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here with you guys. Great to have you. yeah, so so where do we start? Let me. Uh, uh, this is pretty exciting stuff. So uh, you know, if you're a, a, a pest management junkie and uh, you like to follow the news and, and see what's going on, this 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 is big news. But uh, I guess now the merger is officially done, and um, I guess the first question is, how's the integration going? What what what's the timeline? What do you what 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 does all of that look like? Well, Dan, uh, maybe I'll start. This is Brett Ponton. Uh, I'll let John add some color here from his perspective. But, but as you characterized, as of October 12th, we're now official. So um, what now is uh, you know, the largest uh, deal ever done in the pest control business is now moving into the next phase, which is how do we effectively bring these two great companies together? And, and I would like to say, let me start by saying is we're off to a great start, by the way. Um, I think the team has really mapped out a really comprehensive plan that we intend to execute over the next three years. And it's very thoughtfully done and methodically done. And we purposely elected to do this over a three-year time frame to mitigate, I think, the disruption that you would normally see on a large deal like this to effectively accomplish our key objectives here over you know, a pretty significant timeline to make certain we mitigate any, any customer um, missteps and certainly we're sensitive to the colleague experience. So so it's it's fair to say I think we're off to a great start from from a couple of respects. One's the two teams are really coming together. They're gelling quite well. And by the way, that process happened about 10 months ago after we announced this deal. Our teams have been working behind the scenes feverishly on building out these integration plans. And as you might expect uh, through that process, you get to know each other pretty well. You get a better feel for each other's respective cultures. You get a better feel for each other, each of our respective strengths and opportunities. And, and I think the takeaway is this, Dan and Donnie. I think the takeaway is everything that we thought we'd see 
in terms of the industrial logic of bringing these two great companies together, we're seeing play out as we build the detailed integration plans and our teams are seeing that uh, firsthand here. So, so one of our first steps, of course, is to get the leadership team established. And, and that was an area we wanted to move quickly. We said, look, we want to manage the uncertainty with our organization by getting leadership teams named. And that started with, you know, the Rent-to-Kill North America leadership team, we refer to as the Rent-to-Kill Terminix leadership team. And that's the one I'm privileged to head up. And I'm very fortunate to have John uh, leading our pest control division, which is the largest division of the combined organization now going forward. And, and I'll let John walk through maybe the steps that he's taken with his team and add a little bit more color on you know, the steps we've taken to this point. John? Yeah, thanks, Brett. Um, just, um, I think you covered it really well, Brett. Three things kind of come to mind in no particular order. Um, so I've been in the pest control industry for 14 years, running Renekill North America. And the thought of working for someone new is really um, positive for me. Um, Brett comes with a different set of ideas, not embedded in 14 years of experience. Uh, which I think is really going to make us um, kind of win-win. I've got a bit of institutional knowledge from that time, and he's got an incredible creative um, brain. So I think that's going to be really fun for us. The other thing that um, um, I think is interesting is, um, and Brett mentioned it, uh, a lot of times you make acquisitions, and the day after you close, you start to have those serious conversations about, how, you know, how do you really do stuff and how are we going to do it together? But we were able to start those conversations in January of 2022. So more or less, we had 10 months of being able to start some conversations. Of course, there were areas that we couldn't talk about. We couldn't talk about marketing strategy and, you know, pricing and, you know, supplier um, pricing and all that. But there were plenty of other things to talk about as relates to how we're gonna put the business together. And then just to put a little, maybe a little comedy slash color on that, uh, I remember going to a meeting in May and we did um, um, you know, a spot survey before the meeting. And it was a simple question, how confident are you about pulling together this uh, great opportunity and being successful? And you know, I went into it saying, you know, I don't know what I don't know, so I'm gonna market a seven. So that's not too bad. Uh, after the meeting, we did the same survey, and I marked it a four. And <laughs> and the reason being, I know it's it's, it's this scary moment, right? Um, but the reason being uh, is, you know, you go to a meeting and you have preconceived ideas of how things are going to work, and then you learn a lot more, and suddenly there's gaps in your information. Um, but the good news part of that story is I think the next meeting I marked it a seven because, you know, uh, time heals all wounds. And I think I came out with a five and then the next time seven and seven. But the point being is because we had that opportunity, that 10 month period to learn more and answer more of those unknown questions, um, we showed up on the 12th in really good place uh, together. So I have a, I want to kind of build on that a little bit. I mean, when you think about this deal, it's, it really is mind blowing. Like I can't even wrap my brain around what it would look like to integrate these two massive brands. And, you know, so if, if I'm kind of 
let's just say I'm a, a, a standard, I say standard, but I'm a pest control owner. I'm an operator. You know, I'm someone in the industry and I, and I understand, okay, this, this integration, this merger is happening. You know, what does it look like for, let's just say a consumer? Is it, is it going to be single brand? Is it going to be multi-brand? Like, you know, I, I love that you guys have a three-year timeline. What does the end result look like? Let's just say from a customer perspective and maybe from a colleague perspective. Yeah, maybe great. residential <clears throat> and commercial. So, yeah. Great question. Maybe I'll touch sure. on the residential, our, our heritage and our strength at uh, Terminix here. And we'll let John touch on commercial. But maybe more broadly, Donnie, maybe um, John and I both share this view, by the way. I'm a big believer in starting with the end in mind, right? So if you look out three years from now, five years from now, what do we want this to look like in North America? We know by virtue of this transaction, we have created the largest pest control company in the world and certainly the dominant player in North America now and across all service lines, commercial, resi, termite, you name it. Um, we're now on a mission to create the very best pest control company in the industry. And you can define that across, I think, three core stakeholders. Define best for your colleagues that work for you. Certainly, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a lot about great place to work, the employer of choice, great career opportunities, great opportunities for people to come in to rent to kill Terminex and, and build a career here as one aspiration that we have here, leveraging the strengths of both companies to do that. From a customer point of view, generally speaking, you know, great brand. Brand is backed up with wonderful service quality through the investments in technology, tools, training that our technicians deliver that service quality you know, consistently from, from location to location. And probably the third stakeholder is your investors, how your investors would define you know, success here. Certainly you'd have to talk about industry growth rates, organic growth rates that are you know, pushing one and a half times the industry growth rate and a margin profile in this business that that should be far superior to any other option that's out there for investors to invest in. So, so we have aspirations to be the very best across all three stakeholders, and we're in the process now of building that journey to, to accomplish that. So specifically on residential, let's talk there for a second, Donnie. Our, our starting point today, as of today, I think, unless John bought another company that didn't know about this morning, uh, I think we're around 80, 80 plus brands that we collectively own between the two companies. and. You know, you certainly when you think about the strengths of Terminix, it's tough to not think about the brand, the brand heritage, the strength that we have. It's the industry leading brand, great brand awareness. So that is going to be our primary go to market brand that we're going to use long term, as you might expect for residential. And also we think that brand is very relevant for small, medium sized enterprises. So your small commercial operations will, will leverage that brand. We'll let John touch on commercial, but the intent here is to leverage the rent kill brand, build that brand around North or national accounts, which is where its legacy and its strength certainly lies from a global perspective. So, so that'll be understated on branding. I think the, the work the team's got to do on the residential side now is we have to harmonize our approach to go to market in all these different markets, right? So we've got to back up the brand strategy with, with the go to market strategy to harmonize on our, our selling proposition that we use to the consumer. You know, uh, our pricing strategy has to get harmonized. Our, all of our marketing materials, our service frequencies, you name it, that work has to get harmonized because if you're going to go to market with one brand, that brand's got to be delivered consistently to your consumers in a very consistent way. So, so I can tell you, we've mapped out a pretty extensive plan that's going to get us there over the three years uh, to take these 80 plus brands and get, get them migrated down to 
you know, rent to go brand that we're going to lead with. John, you want to touch on commercial? Yes, I'd be glad to. Um, I think Brett said it well. Um, there is um, part of this strategic benefit of bringing the two companies together that Renekill um, has some great commercial capabilities. Um, and um, those are not only in the uh, North America, but they're globally um, um, based and, uh, you know, 70 plus countries where we're known to be really good in this space. So bringing the best ideas and capabilities to a combined entity um, really adds a lot of value to the, the, you know, the combined entity. And um, when I often think about the strategic benefits of the merger, they kind of fall into three areas for me. Um, the first is um, we're going to bring together two industry-leading companies. And then we're going to do, we're going to harvest the best of the best ideas and the colleagues into one company, which simply put is makes us stronger. And of course, it takes a little bit of humility um, to be able to um, look for best of best and not be, you know, committed to what you invented here versus uh, someone else invented. But you can only imagine if we, we look inside, um, Terminex and we look inside Renekill and we take the best ideas for the problems that need to be solved, good things happen. And then if you do the same thing, if all we have is the best colleagues running this business, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And then the second piece of the uh, strategic benefit is we build significant route density. Now, um, when I think of that, I think of it as a way to improve customer service levels. So when customers need service, we're not saying we're on the south side and they're on the north side. Instead, we're saying, hey, we're just down the road. We can take care of that this afternoon. And of course, um, that that allows us to improve technician efficiency, which you know obviously helps the P&L. But it really helps the quality of um, the technicians themselves and how they feel about the work because they're not just driving around, they're taking care of. Uh, the customer. And then finally, um, because of our scale, I'm really excited, whether it's residential or commercial, about our ability to invest in new technologies and new ways to make this a great place to work. And, you know, some of those things were on the list of things we wanted to do, but because of our size, the return on investment wasn't great. But the return on investment and in, in those types of investments just did change dramatically because now we're a larger business. So the benefits you get are, you know, you know, 60 percent, 70 percent bigger, which is, you know, really, really fun. Um, the um, that those kind of things fit together. I thought um, Brett said it really well. We think we should grow faster. We think our profits should grow faster. And we should end up with industry-leading profit margins. So, the, but, and I agree. I think the bigger we get in any, you know, especially on the pest side, it's like the better it gets, right? Density gets better, profitability gets better, efficient. I mean, just around the, all the way, all the way around. But okay, so this next question, and and we could spend, I think, all day on just one of these. So just try to limit it to one. But I, I'm curious to hear, so far. 
you know, these are obviously two massive entities. What have been the biggest wins and biggest challenges so far? And let's let's just go through the business, right? So let's talk about people, man, you know, people in your culture as well as operations, finance, and then let's get on over to like marketing and just just a real brief, like, hey, this is what's working really, really well. Here's a challenge that we're seeing. Um, just, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it'd be interesting for people to hear like what what, what this is like, because I, I just, again, it, it boggles my mind when I think about what is really involved in, in putting all this together. So um, I don't know which one of you guys would like to take that, but it would be interesting to hear, I think, for our listeners. Yeah. Well, John, this is John. Why don't I, why don't I take this and, uh, and Brett can back me on this one. Um, look, um, you, you use the phrase boggle the mind, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a really fair comment. Um, this is a huge puzzle that we're trying to put together. And you can look at the thousand pieces on the floor and be, you know, terribly worried. Or you can have a clear plan of where you want to go for this puzzle. And then you, you start to put the puzzle together. And I don't mean to be too basic here, but what do you do? You start putting the side pieces together, right? Around the edges. Because, you know, those are the easy ones to do. And if you put those together, then you start to fill in the middle pieces. And so it's obviously much more complicated than that. But um, that's the way that Brett and I and the team are looking at it so that we don't just look at, you know, thousands of tasks and go, oh, my goodness, what did we get into? The, the exact opposite is, aren't we lucky to be part of something like this? So as it relates to, you know, the categories you mentioned, let's start with people. Um, and some of the wins and challenges. Um, the first one's really easy to say. Um, um, the culture within each company was very similar. Um, I, it was so exciting during the 10-month uh, period to see that uh, fences were broken down pretty quickly. People were talking candidly. They weren't defending uh, old positions, and that made it really easy. And as a result, on the win side, for people, we're building a great new team in North America, and some very talented existing colleagues have gotten big roles in the business. And you know, if I went across it, it's very balanced, which tells me that we're taking the best of the best in the teams rather than do you have an R on your blazer or do you have a T on your blazer? And you know, that somehow helps. Mm -hmm. On the challenge side, as it relates to people, as you might. Um, of guests, um, we, we recognize that uncertainty drives negative thoughts. I mean, it's a, by our colleagues, it's a, you know, Darwin uh, survival instinct, maybe, you know. So we are trying to find the balance between moving fast with sharing information against having a well thought out plan that when we do share information, it's logical. You know, I've often said, Brett and I agree on this, of course, is I've often said they don't have to agree with the plan, okay? I, you know, it would be great if everybody agreed with the plan, but if they at least leave the room and go, um, hey, I'm really glad they have a well-thought-out plan uh, rather than they're just winging it. Brett, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think you touched on it. I, I don't have the exact numbers here, John, but but if you look across the top two or three levels of the leadership team that's been named, we're not probably close, we're pretty darn close to 50-50, almost 50% 50 
rent to kill and 50% Terminex leaders. You look at John and I, right? I'm a legacy Terminex person leading North America. And you got John, of course, leading the pest business. But if you look down through the organization, it's very well populated with Terminex people as well as rent to kill. And just by virtue of that, being able to look down through your organization and see really strong talent taking the very best from both organizations, I can assure you is really uh, calming to leaders getting ready to tackle something transformative like we're getting ready to do. It starts with building a great team. And I think we see that. One of the challenges, John, I would mention too, is, is we have two different lexicons we're harmonizing as well. Even though we're both in the same business, we use different metrics, uh, largely aligned, but you know, we call things you know, a little differently. So we're in the process now of getting everybody on the same language, the same lexicon of terms to get everybody speaking the same language. It's been a little bit of a challenge here early on, but we're, you know, we're in the process of bringing that all together. It's part of the journey. Uh, Donnie, I think the other question you had was about operations, maybe wins and challenges mm -hmm. operations. Um, that's been really fun to watch, too. I think on the win side, we've already started to move business and around between the two businesses. I'm talking onesie, twosie stuff because, you know, when you get ready to move wholesale, you've got to have common operating systems and common brands and lots of other things. But um, to better serve our customers, we've moved some business around where one or the other company was tight on service capacity. And um, the other part in the win column, I think, is we're really uh, getting some early wins when we look to harmonize our operating processes to, you know, once again, that best in class level. Um, and so there's been some quick wins where we go, huh. That's a better way. We should start doing that today, even if it's not automated, even if it's not fully documented. It's just better. Let's get after that. And then I would guess probably on the ops side from a challenge standpoint, probably falls into um, two categories. Um, so to be able to really uh, unlock all the benefits in um, operations. Um, so let's say, you know, a branch is fully integrated, you have to do four things. You have to have a common operating system, so the same software system, right? You have to have the same brand. You have to have the same pain plans for those colleagues in that branch. And you have to have the serv same service protocols. So those are four big lifts. And uh, I don't think anyone would suggest you should go really fast on any of those fours. I mean, you know, let's go really fast on a software change. What what could possibly go wrong, right? Um, right. So we're going to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, or pay, right? Or branding and the like. And then the other change uh, challenge in the other category is the whole change management. You know, we've got a large number of frontline colleagues that want to know more, are proud of what they've done in the past. And if you go really fast without managing the change, and explaining, you know, how we chose what we're doing and why, then then bad things can happen. So we're we're taking early wins as they come, but we're also not going to sprint through that section because if we do, I think you destroy mm -hmm. value rather than create it. Brett, anything I missed? Well, maybe I'll move down to a, another area. Uh, maybe touch on IT, Donnie, is an area I think we picked up some some big wins. And you, one of the ways we talk about the business a lot to our team is I think it first starts with what's the process we're going to harmonize to. 
Rent-to-kill has a process. Terminix has a way of doing things. We got to create the rent-to-kill Terminix way going forward, taking the very best of both. Then we got to make sure our training protocols are lined up to support our team to be able to, to enable that process. But lastly, you got to have the right technology in place that enables that process to be executed well. So IT strategy is a critical linchpin in making this whole thing come together. And a, and a couple of big wins you know, already there I, I would point to. One is a realization that we for our starting point, we had a lot more commonality than what we thought. You know, we're, you know, Rent-to-Kill Global was using the same HRIS system that Terminix was using, and Rent-to-Kill North America was on a journey to get to that platform as one example. A lot of commonality in the finance systems is a starting point there. So, so there's a lot of commonality that we can build on that doesn't require a wholesale transformation of the IT group. Uh, the significant amount of work that we got to do, of course, but our starting point was you know, a little more progress than probably what we originally anticipated. Point two is our IT team is the best I've ever seen. I, I felt like I assembled a world-class IT team at Terminix, and it's just awe-inspiring when you get the Rent-to-Kill IT team in the room combined with our team. The, the minds in that room really get you excited about what the future vision could look like in terms of delivering a technology-enabled experience for your customers and a solution to your customers from a test point of view. So this team has already moved pretty quickly on defining what the architecture is going to look like three years from now on our systems. Uh, we're probably not positioned to disclose what choices we're making there. We're still in the process of talking to vendors about uh, you know their, their positioning within that strategy going forward. But the strategy has been well mark, marked out and moving quickly on that I think is a big win for us. Uh, Challenge there, you got to point to is just the complexity. There's a lot of moving parts there, and you got to do the process work before you can do the system work. So it's getting all these work streams harmonized into a big project plan that the team's working through. Uh, to support that, uh, we did we did create uh, a transformational group in the company, and it's led by the ex-CIO from Terminex, Joy Wald, who's elected to come on board, and she is going to lead the transformation group where we bring all these work streams together and make certain that, that it's well supported from an IT point of view. So that team's off to the races and doing a great job of building building that out. So what are what are some of the other uh, synergies when, when when we look at deals um, and we say, okay, well, well, why do you do this deal? And I guess there's uh, uh, a lot of synergies. Can you explain, um, you know, what strategy you're going to use to um, in terms of cost reduction or cross-selling or, you know, how to make the combined entities more profitable. How, how does all that work? Yeah, John, you want to take the lead on that one? Yeah, I'd be glad to. So um, they fall into the usual buckets, but, um, you know, those, the size of the opportunities are incredibly magnified, uh, Dan. Um, and, you know, we've done a lot of acquisition work with you and, You've always been really good to position the companies that are sold and where the opportunities are. So as you might imagine, um, one of the buckets is procurement. Um, you know, bigger is better in the procurement world. And so we're able to have um, uh, discussions with our vendors about the pricing that they provide. But uh, it's, it's more than just pricing. It's the terms and conditions. It's supply chain. Uh, confidence that we can get what we want. And also, uh, we have these discussions about how can we become a better customer of theirs so that, you know, we can reduce costs on both sides of the ledger. 
Uh, the second thing is, um, you know, we always talk about route density. Um, and um, we will be able to build out uh, better route density, which means less time in front of the windshield and more time in front of uh, the customers. So that allows us um, not only to uh, get more work done in the same amount of time, uh, but I think it improves the um, the quality of uh, what it's like to work here. So, uh, you know, over time and running around trying to put out fires goes away, and we're really excited about that. And, you know, one is a very clear, measurable uh, piece of the puzzle, which is route density, more revenue, less, you know, less hours, but longer lasting uh, relationships with our frontline colleagues means, um, you know, better tenure, better capability, less recruiting, all those challenges that, you know, we're always trying to solve. And then uh, the last one is, um, I think we'll be able to grow faster. Um, and, um, you know, we were careful not to put in the business case this incredible answer to growing faster because uh, you can count yourself rich and then, you know, um, it takes the pressure off um, the other elements or the other buckets. But I absolutely believe that as our service quality gets better, then it's going to be easier for us to sell on the front line to new prospects or we'll be able to achieve slightly better price increases because our customers will think the value prop that we have is better, or we'll be able to cross sell into uh, our other business units. And, you know, we have six in North America and, and pest controls, you know, fits in, you know, all of them very, very easily. So um, great opportunities, all very well documented, clear plans are in the process of being developed by that team that um, Brett talked about. And um, we feel very confident about delivering on our promises. Brett, anything you want to add? No, I think that's well said, John. Allow them to move on to the next yeah. question. Sure. Well, so yeah, and I think, you know, the, um, you, I'm just thinking through like, you know, Terminex, I mean, it is, you know, that brand itself. I mean, it, you know, it's almost like, it's a ubiquitous brand. Like when someone says a Kleenex, right? Or, you know, <laughs> someone says, I need Pescatron, I need term. I mean, it just, it's such a strong brand. And, and obviously that brand has been around for a really, really long time. And there's franchises out there. And, you know, I don't know if Renekill, I don't think Renekill has franchises, but I know Terminex does. And so what's the integration plan for that? I mean, some of the legacy Terminex, some of the franchises, and then yeah, I'm sure there's overlap with some, you know, some of the Renekill branches and, you know, is there, is there, I'm sure there's a strategy for, for getting that in, in kind of one place, but can you just talk through that a little bit? Like what, what's going to be the plan there? Sure. Maybe I'll start on this and John can add some color. I mean, the short answer sure. to that, Donnie, is the strategy is going to be consistent with what the strategy has been with our franchisees. Uh, you know, we have Terminex has roughly 20 franchisees that have exclusive rights to the brands in their trade area. And as a result of this deal, nothing has changed with that. So if we have franchisees in South Carolina, North Carolina, they still have exclusive rights to operate the brand in their respective areas. Um, I think this does create some opportunity for us in a combined way, rent to kill Terminex, uh, leverage some of the best practices, the rent to kill uh, initial is built over the years and you know potential opportunity to share some of those best practices you know, uh, with, with franchisees down the road, uh, et cetera. Um, 
certainly with our combined organization, uh, Paragon and Target, in terms of the product distribution business, creates opportunities, I think, for our franchisees to leverage some of those buying programs as well as another opportunity they can benefit from this larger relationship now that we've established. But, but as it relates to branding, I uh, just want to be, you know, clear, you know, strategy is not going to change. So franchise agreements aren't changing. Uh, of course, if a franchisee would like to exit at some point and uh, transition that business, certainly will be be waiting and, and certainly able to, to step in and help them with that exit if they so choose to do that. Excellent. Don? So uh, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. And this is something that, uh, you know, obviously Terminex and Renekill have been very, very active in the M&A game. And uh, now that the uh, two brands are together, there's a lot fewer holes in the map as I would see it. So how does that affect M&A strategy? You know, what about the existing brands? Um, are there certain geographies that you're more interested in than others? And going forward, what do what valuations look like? Well, let me let me start here, uh, Dan, and I'll turn over to, to, to John for the detailed answer here. But I'd like to start by saying one of the one of the things that I noticed over the last 10 months in working together uh, is just how strong of an organizational competency M&A is for Rent-to-Kill and, and overall Huge. globally. John and his team have built a world-class engine on how to you know, interact with potential sellers on the front end and manage a very tight process all the way through and living into the promises that we make along the way. And it built a really solid integration plan uh, that they've executed here. So I love the strength we're bringing together as a starting point with both these organizations. Uh, how that impacts our forward strategy, I'll let John touch on that. Well, first of all, thanks for the compliment. Um, it's it's a it's a funny world. I would say um, we all know if you're in the M and A world, you have to be opportunistic. I mean, companies sell when they're ready, and so um, I think we'll be a slightly more. Um, careful about the companies that we purchase for the reasons you mentioned, Dan, which is, you know, the the, the holes we have in our footprint are, are less, but really good companies exist out there. And I have no doubt they'll come up to the market uh, in 2023 and really good companies that if you buy them, make you better. I mean, you, you're getting the people that run those companies and so we will want to become better because we'll get great people with those acquisitions. Um, and so um, expect to see us at the table, Dan. Um, please keep inviting us. I do. Um, uh, and um, because we will be a buyer. As it relates to your question about valuations, I'm, uh, you know, my crystal ball, uh, you know, on one hand is super clear. Uh, and probably wrong, um, you know, and what do I mean by that, okay? I mean, higher interest rates should mean that it's going to be um, lower valuations because, you know, the return on capital employed um, should require uh, a higher rate um, because the cost of money is higher. Um, but um, I do think you're going to have uh, lots of buyers chasing uh, X number of great companies, and those great companies will probably hold up very well in the marketplace. Um, 
and especially at the fact that Renekill Terminex will still be at the table. So how do you see, so so one of the, the trends that I'm seeing more and more is private equity and, the, and they're really, really making a, a play and, 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 you know, some of the, 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 the PE firms are, are, you know, offering pretty high valuations and whatnot, and, and they're driving that. Is that helpful to the industry? Is it detrimental? Is it, uh, you know, how do you guys view that? I know that you bought EPS, which was PE backed, but uh, what, um, you know, what do you think? Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe Dan, maybe I'll take a shot this. at that, or you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, part of my background before in Monroe, which is a public traded company. I spent 14 years running private equity-backed companies and auto services. So I know the model quite well from a different industry perspective. And my experience with private equity has been quite good. Uh, in an industry, I mean, two, two high-level comments. One, I think just validates what a great industry we're part of. Uh, the pest control industry is a wonderful industry to be in. It's the reason why I'm excited to be part of this going forward. And obviously, the private equity guys see how attractive this space is as well, or else they wouldn't be you know, flock into the space like they like they certainly are. So, so that's point one. It just validates what a great industry we're we're in. Two, um, given how fragmented our industry is today, with what twenty thousand operators, very fragmented, very long tail on the curve, if you will, of operators in this in this industry. Uh, look, we can all benefit from I think a little more consolidation, and having people that are out there wanting to consolidate small players into medium-sized players and medium-sized players into larger players. It creates a lot of efficiency for large-scale players, you know, like Rent-to-Kill Terminix going forward to be an efficient acquirer, you know, going forward. Uh, it's not to say that it hasn't created a little competition and a little multiple creep, uh, having more entrance into the space, but net-net, I think it helps accelerate some of the consolidation and helps larger players like us continue to be an efficient acquirer two, three years down the road through a little further consolidation on the end of the tail that we see in this very fragmented industry. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a very interesting time. It's, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing it change and and morph and, um, you know, there's a plenty of deals out there, um, but there's also plenty of sellers who have these expectations of valuations that were last year. And so sometimes they right. deal with those reality. So well, I think, I think John, and, you know, yeah, go ahead, John. No, please. I was just going to say, I think John touched on it, right? I think it'll be real interesting to see how the rising interest rates impacts, of course, the LBO model that, you know, a lot of the private equity sponsors have uh, executed extremely well. But as we know, that model works really well when you know, money's pretty inexpensive. And now that we're putting a real price tag on debt, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays. Certainly, it's going to put a lot of pressure on them generating the returns. And to generate the returns, you've got to build platforms. you got to scale businesses. you got to be able to get the synergies out of those in an effective way versus just accumulating assets you know over time you got to actually bring it together and create a nice platform and look for those pe firms that are successful in doing that i think there's a nice logical exit on that that'll still result in value creation opportunities for them but it's going to require you know value creating effort to, to be able to do that yeah so, that was the point i was going to hit brett um i think you just nailed it which is um dan you referred to eps which we bought from private equity and when I walked into that deal, 
to look at it for the first time, all I could think of was the fact that they bought, you know, X number of companies and they hadn't integrated a single one of them. But the exact opposite was the case. They did the heavy lifting of integrating those companies and making them one company. Um, so if, if a private equity player is going to come in um, and be successful, they have to actually integrate what they buy. And theoretically, as a strategic buyer, I should always be able to pay more because I have a, an existing platform that's being that already exists for the integration. But if they do pay more, then they have to actually act on their um, on their business case. Otherwise, as a buyer, when they and they, here's the risk, you know, to their seller to the seller is, you know, in three to five years, they're they're going to want to sell on their asset here. So if you're a seller, you might be worried about, you know, what happens to my people today, but also what happens again in three to five years. But if if it does come to market and we then get to look at it and it has not been integrated, the value of that asset goes way down right. because we got to do all that heavy lifting. Well, I tell you, you know, Rhett and John, I could talk to you guys all day long. Like yeah, this is terrific. We're gonna we're gonna need to bring it to a close here. Um, so so first things first, I just want to say thank you guys for taking some time to come on with Dan and I and talk about you, you, this is obviously huge news for the industry. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for for both businesses as well as for for your team, uh, respective teams, which is now one team. But I mean, you know, overall. Um, it's, it's very cool to sit back and watch what's happening. I never thought in my lifetime that I would see uh, Terminex sold. I, I thought that would just be a standing brand and, until the day I died. It's pretty cool to watch this happen. I mean, there's no doubt you guys are making history with this. And so I, I hope that you'll come back and join Dan and I as you go through this process and kind of update folks because it's a, it's kind of cool to watch from the sidelines. I, you know, I don't... I don't know that I envy some of the folks that are in on some of the integration pieces of it, but it's it's cool to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I just want to thank you guys for for coming out and chatting with us. And Dan, anything we need to you, anything you want to add before we close out here? Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that's that's <laughs> all of it. What your colleagues have to <laughs> go through because I know it's it's very difficult, but uh, it's going to be a great company. And uh, yeah, if you'd come back in the future and give us an update, that would be terrific. And uh, just want to thank you both very much for for coming on. We really really appreciate it. Yeah, okay. John, any closing comments? Very welcome. No, I, I well, yes, actually, um, you know, I am so excited to be part of this great adventure. Um, it's going to be a, a lot of work, but. Uh, Brett and I have, uh, and the teams have worked really hard in the past where you're not sure about whether you're going to win or lose. This is definitely, we know we're going to win. And the complexity of it is countered by the positive piece of what we're building. So excited to be part of it, Brett. Yeah, agreed, John. I'm, look, I'm excited to partner with you. And I'll share with, with you, Don and the and what I've shared with our leadership team just about this opportunity. And I think, you know, I've been fortunate to, you know, work now for close to 30 years and lots of different companies and unique opportunities, but I've never seen anything, the order of magnitude like this and the opportunity to be part of 
something as impactful as this only comes along, I think, once in your career. These are once in a career opportunities, and I've shared with our leadership team, you're never going to work as hard as you're going to work over the next three years, but you're never going to feel more rewarded once you see the end product like we're going to feel three years from now. And, and that's really where we're at here. I think everybody sees the industrial logic here is compelling. Uh, the plans are in place here. Now it comes down to execution. And to execute, you got to have a great team in place that are aligned. We're aligning on that North Star in terms of where we're headed as a team, and we're building out the detailed plans in a very thoughtful and methodical way that allows us to get there over the next three years in a way that mitigates the disruption to customers and colleagues and, and more importantly, start to enhance those experiences going forward. So, so we'll be glad to come back and share with you a little bit more about our journey here and, and uh, hopefully have more positive things to say than negative things about the journey. But uh, we just want to thank you guys for your support of the industry, number one, of this great industry that we're part of. Thanks for being an ambassador for the industry and certainly now an ambassador for the Rent-to-Kill Terminex deal. So thank you all for your time. Thank you guys. And just, so just a reminder, yeah, all the resources and uh, show notes, those types of things will be available on pmpindustryinsider.com. John and Brett, great catching up with you guys. Good luck. And it'll be great to watch where you guys take it. With that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next all right. time. Thanks so much. Right. Take care. Thank you now. guys.